Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. There was a lot of excitement around uh, me speaking. I don't know why, but uh, a lot of you don't know me that well. Danielle and I have been here for about a year, and we're happy to be here. We've enjoyed coming in and getting to know everybody, and there's still time ahead, I'm sure, to get to know you guys better. Now, if you came here this morning to hear some sort of mythological breakdown of Paul's concepts of conversion and redemption and sacraments and participation and evangelism, you'll leave disappointed. I'll let uh, Wayne look after all that deep stuff that's got to be discussed and talked about, and maybe even the challenging ones, but I'm more interested this morning in taking a look in Ephesians at the the armor of God. I didn't know the kids were going to be here so um, this morning, so maybe isn't geared towards the kids, but pay attention, kids. We're going to talk about a, a set of armor that Paul compares to our Christian faith and the things that we have to help us get through our walk in this world. If you're like me, um, you're in this world with me, it's rough. It's challenging. You know, every morning I get up and or I guess every afternoon, I work graveyards, but every afternoon I get up and maybe we open Castanet. It's kind of negative. I'm not going to lie to you. Someone got stabbed. You know, um, the government lied to us again. Um, you know, all of these things, and they, and they weigh in on us. So there's the things of the world around us that just, they're not happy and uplifting. They don't just kind of give us, you know, feelings of bubbly and joy. And... Uh, and then there's, within my own heart, my sin nature, there's the, the demons within me that raise their ugly head that I have to deal with on a regular basis. My own problems, my own discrepancies, and, uh, you know, whatever those might be, I've got a pretty short temper. And so I have dealt with that on and off throughout my whole life. So these things that we're, we're aware of, maybe the rest of the world doesn't know one, but we're aware of them. And then there's the tragedies around us that we are struck with, the unexpected, maybe relationships that are a little rocky with our parents or even our own spouses or our kids or our workmates, the people around us. I don't want to be all super negative, but I'm just pointing out that we live in a world that's just Sin has permeated it, and we see the evidence of it, and it can hurt, and it can break us down, and it can beat us up. And you know, Paul, he wrote here in Ephesians and and elsewhere, he wrote most of the New Testament, but he, he was a man who experienced all kinds of turmoil and struggles in his life, maybe more so even than we did. As he wrote this, he would have been imprisoned and... Maybe he took the, the picture that he lays out in Ephesians here for us from the Roman soldier that was guarding him. And he bore the scars of shipwrecks and beatings and imprisonment and the struggles of his life. 
and the challenges that he faced because he stood for God and his kingdom and the furtherance of it. So, without further ado, let's break into Ephesians. And let's read from verse 13. Oh, and also, George gets the day off. I don't have any verses that I gave him ahead of time. And I don't have any slides because I'm not a techie guy. So, <laughs> so you're just going to have to put up with uh, listening to me all morning. Or part of the morning anyway. This is what he says. And I'm reading from the Rise Standard because my ESV is tiny and I didn't want to appear to be a, you know, a good Christian. I got a good Bible here, something of size. My, my ESV is tiny, so <laughs> bear with me. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We're in Ephesians six thirteen. Stand therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Besides all these, taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, pray at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. God will bless his word. I'll point out a few other uh, verses as we go along. But um, So, this is the world we live in. This is the life we're faced with. These are the challenges that we have to deal with. And... Uh, and so what do we do? Well, as believers, we have chosen to follow Jesus Christ and to walk with God in this world. And Paul points out a number of things here that are items that we have that will help us in our day-to-day -day struggle to live for God, to promote his kingdom in this world. And he starts with the belt of truth. You know, we often think of a belt as something that, well, it keeps my pants up. And uh, it often can hold things, tools that are helpful to us. It wraps around. I think of the weightlifters we often see, and they have those big belts that they, they put on there. And it's to keep everything in place where it should be when they're exerting themselves in such a tremendous fashion. And uh, so we think of a belt, and we think of something that holds in, that retains, that holds up. You know, Pilate asked the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on trial and he was in front of him, and he asked this question, what is truth? We look around the world today and we could ask that same question and we see the lines are blurred. And truth is being changed and eradicated and made into something that it's not. Truth is we know it according to the world. But where does that leave us as believers? with this idea of truth. The quality of being true, genuine, actual, or factual is how the internet would define the word truth. And you and I have the truth of the word of God, the truth of God. And that is what we should use as the defining point moment, the thing that we use that's going to hold all of us together. It's going to hold us up, strengthen us. The truth that is Jesus. That's what he said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
So in a world that pursues truth in all the wrong places, you and I should look to the Lord Jesus Christ, look to the truth of God's word, that pillar of truth, and allow that to hold us up and to contain us. And then we move on to the chest plate of righteousness, chest piece of righteousness. And you know, (laughs) I'm not righteous. This may come as a surprise to some of you, but (laughs) I'm not perfect. And there's nothing that I can do to make my own self righteous or perfect, but rather, I think what he's talking about here is we are clothed in God's righteousness. Not our own. Because the very things that we do, the Bible says, that are right in God's sight, they're still considered to be filthy rags. Something dirty, grimy, my grubby work jacket, my coveralls that are gross. But rather, we are clothed in God's righteousness. God's approval. 2 Corinthians 5, I think, bears that out. But you know, we think of a chest plate in in the old suit of armor and it protects the heart the heart everything stems from the heart doesn't it the bible talks about that a lot old and new testament and so we want to protect our hearts and thankfully we have the righteousness of god not something that we have earned because of what we've done but something that he has given us because we are his and it protects our hearts Because there are things in this world that want to steal our hearts. Our hearts are to be towards God and his things. But if you're like me, well, stuff gets in the way. Creeps in. Complacency. And the things that, you know, we get distracted by in this world. And they can take over. And it can be a bad thing. So that is the chess piece of righteousness. And then we come to the sandals or the footwear of the gospel of peace. You know, we think of footwear. We think of something we want to be comfortable, reliable. We think of what Paul would have been looking at, a pair of sandals laced up there, and it would have carried that soldier everywhere he needed to be. And we want something that's going to Bear us up, not going to let us down. And he looks at that and he says, you know what? We need to put on the gospel of peace. Wear it out into the world every day. Take it with us. You know, and, and I was interested in, in the fact that he didn't just say the gospel, the good news, but that it was of peace. You know, we think of a soldier and we think of war. There's no peace in war. And yet he's telling us to go out as soldiers wearing this set of God's armor into the world to take that gospel of peace, take it with us every day. And uh, I don't always do that. I don't know about you. Some days I forget my sandals of the gospel of peace. And I'm not perfect. But those sandals are there. They're available to us. God's gospel, not ours. And it's one of peace. You know, often we see soldiers and they're kicking in doors. They're using that foot to bring 
shock and awe and death even to the people behind that door. That's not you and I. Ours is a gospel of peace. Peace is quietness, calmness, kindness. These things that the world pursues and yet never fully gets. And we have that. We have the good news of peace with God. And we can take that with us. It should be the foundation. You know, your feet are your foundation. They hold you up. They are your strength. And that is the foundation of who we are as believers is this gospel of peace that we can take with us to the world. And then we come on to the the shield, the shield of faith. You know, we like shields because they speak of protection. What's our shield of faith? Is it our belief and our trust in God, in all that he says, all that he is, his character, who he is, all that he has done for you, for me, for the people in this world, all his promises to you and I, our faith in him is based on these things. And yet there was an aspect of that that I thought of, you know, there's not just our faith that protects us, but our faith is because of his faithfulness to us. I find so often in my life that when, when I reach a point where I'm not sure, I'm lost, there's pain, there's ache, it's good to look back. Look back at our lives. Look back at God's faithfulness in our lives. The things that he has done for us. The things that he has seen us through. The things that we thought were impossible to overcome. The things that we thought might kill us or break our heart and leave us on the rocks. And yet we can look back and we can recount these things. And every time we do, it builds me up. My shield grows bigger, stronger, because Satan, he's out to get us. You know, it was funny when I read this, I thought, why, why a suit of armor? Why didn't Paul say, you know, as Christians, you choose to follow Christ, you choose to follow God, and then you get a silk set of pajamas, some fur-lined slippers, make yourself comfortable on the couch, and wait until you get to go to heaven. But Paul recognized that it wasn't like that. He knew firsthand it wasn't like that. And so he, he says here, no, you need a set of armor because the enemy, he's out there. And if we're doing something for God's kingdom with our lives, whether it's on our own day-to-day experience or together with those that we church with, he's going to come after us. Those flaming darts, those arrows... And you know what? Our faith, that's our real protection. I thought of a movie reference or two here, so bear with me. (laughs) I like my movies. Braveheart. You got Steve and the crazy Irishman and William Wallace, and they're on the battlefield. And the order is given, and that whole group of English longbowmen step forward. And those English longbows, they were a formidable weapon. They could shoot a long ways. And there's all these Scottish Highland farmers over there. And the arrows come. And the call goes out. 
and the shields are raised. I just remember in my mind, there's Stephen and he's looking over at William Wallace under his shield and an arrow comes right through the shield and stops right in front of his face and what does he do? He laughs. He laughs. He thinks it's funny. I mean, he's a little crazy, but he thinks it's funny. And then I thought of in the movie 300 when King Leonidas and his, his 300 men are facing the million strong and they're hiding behind that wall of shields and the same thing, they're laughing with each other. Why? Because they feel safe. They know that their shield will protect them. We know that our God and his faithfulness will protect us if we have faith in him and what he has done for us and that is what protects us from the devil. And he will come after us. He will come after us, that is for sure. All right. Helmet of salvation. The mind. We call them brain buckets. The kids go out to ride the quad, and now we tell them, wear your brain bucket. You've got to protect that. That's what makes everything work. That's the control center for the human body. You need to keep that in one piece, undamaged. And so... Paul talks here about a helmet, metal helmet, obviously, in this situation, but it's there to protect the mind. And you know, the mind, it's a scary place, <laughs> isn't it? When you wake up in the middle of the night and it begins to wander, and those thoughts of anxiety and fear and doubt creep in, is it really true? Could this really happen? Or maybe thoughts that might pollute the mind. Thoughts that are evil towards someone else or thoughts that are dirty. Don't pretend that you have never had any of these thoughts. You've never had a moment where these things have creeped into our mind. But he talks about a helmet of salvation, our salvation, where the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and he died on a cross so that we could have salvation, eternal life. And I don't know about you, but anytime I'm confronted with the creeping doubts of the mind or the unkind thoughts, I like to remind myself of the salvation that I have. Not because of what I did. I've done nothing to deserve it. I've done nothing to earn it. I don't even do anything to retain it. But God has given us Salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And I hold on to that. And I put that on my head and I wear it. And I don't know about you. I can't speak for, for you, but I can speak for me and I can say that that calms my mind. Knowing that I am saved. Knowing where I am going. Knowing that I will be preserved until the end. Knowing that my hope is in that salvation earned for me at Calvary. And that's the helmet of salvation. Sword of the Spirit, which we all know is the Word of God. You know, when I think of the Lord Jesus, he was tempted by, by Satan. Satan came after him. And if he's going to go after the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, no doubt in my mind, he's going to come after me. But what does Jesus do? And he was tempting him. He wanted him to slip, slip up, to make a mistake. 
to choose the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing. And what does Jesus pull out? He pulls out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and he begins quoting scriptures at him. And he has to back away. And eventually it says he leaves him. And that's what you and I have. This book right here, the Word of God, that's our greatest weapon, our greatest tool. It contains within it everything that God ever wanted us to know. All the lessons that can be learned. All the teachings that can be taught. And all the things we need to understand who he is. And what he has done for us. And how much he cares about us. And what he wants us to be. All of these things. Everything that we could ever need or want is here. And that is our sword. The sword of the spirit. The word of God. And we're to use it to combat, to strike back at the evil one when he comes looking for us. We're to use it to our advantage. And I mean, every little boy loves weapons, right? <laughs> when I was a kid, I, uh, I made a wooden sword, a big one, a nice one. It was like an oak, held up pretty good. And I used to use it. We'd play battle and, and we'd go after the enemy we take that sword and we'd have fights with each other and it's something that can be used to strike back you know this book here this is this is where i struggle <laughs> because it's supposed to be something that's supposed to go with me everywhere and just like i eat breakfast lunch and dinner every day or every night i guess um I'm supposed to partake of the word here. Take it in. It's going to sustain me. It's going to give me strength and help. The Bible also tells us it's going to cleanse us. It's going to wash us. And I fail. I fail often, more often than not, to get enough of this on a daily basis. And if I am struggling with it, then I'm sure that there are some here that do as well. And so we are encouraged to grip that sword, hold on to it, have it always with us. You know, a soldier never left his sword lying somewhere out in the forest and then went back hoping he would find it. That tool went with him everywhere on his side, always. Always, he was a soldier. It was his tool of his trade, and he carried it with him. So do I take this with me every day, always, everywhere? I knew a pastor when I was a young man, and uh, he had a really small Bible. And that man had more of that book memorized than any person I have ever known. And he had that book with him, and he pulled that book out like that. Everything that came up, every discussion, everything, he had it out and he knew, and he, he would talk about it, and it was his tool of his trade. It was that sword of the Spirit that he carried with him everywhere. Let's wrap this up this morning. I hope these thoughts haven't been too, too negative. I'm trying to encourage us and, and build us up. But what I'd like to point out as we close tonight, or today, I guess, is that, I guess it's my night. I'm used to, this is usually when I'm going to bed, so <laughs> in my defense. I'm all backwards all the time. It's very confusing. 
But all of these items are sourced from God. You know, Paul didn't say this is, this is your armor. You figure it out. Get the items together. Sort it out. No, he says all of these things are from God. James tells us that every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father. And so God has not just left us to be saved and then to just wander through this life trying to figure it out, fight off the devil, our inner demons, whatever it may be, deal with the the trials of this life on our own. But rather he has given us the tools, the things that can build us up, strengthen us, give us the joy and the confidence to go out and fight for him, for his kingdom, for the furtherance of his gospel. If we relied on ourselves, there would be failure because I let myself down and I let other people down because I'm just a human being. And we do fail. While we are successful in many ways, many times, we also have failures. We disappoint ourselves. We disappoint others. We disappoint God. And you know, because this is God's armor, that means that we fully rely on him for all of it. We have to lean on him every day, every hour, every moment. As the struggles and trials of life press in on us, let's reach out to God. Take these items that he has given to us, really gifts from from him to us, that are going to protect us and give us the help that we need to be successful for him in this life. And you know what? Paul writes in Romans 8 and 37, and he says this. He says this about you and I. He says we're more than conquerors. We're victors. You know, if we want victory, we can't do it on our own. We need help. And not only that, we need each other. One of the successes of the, the Roman Empire and its armies was their ability to lock their shields together and form a wall, strengthen numbers, shoulder to shoulder, working together. And our faith, if we lock it with those around us who are the same, who believe the same, who are here with us this morning, other Christians that we rub shoulders with, do we lock our shields of faith together, our belief in God, the truths that we hold dear and precious to us, the salvation that is so unwarranted and yet so incredible. Do all of these things unite us and bring us together as a powerful force for God's kingdom? They should. We are more than conquerors. Not through me. Paul didn't say we're more than conquerors through everything that we do. He says, no, we're more than conquerors through Christ. He has done everything for us. Now, if you're new here this morning, or maybe for some of you younger kids that are here, do you know him? I don't mean do you know him as in I learned about him in Sunday school, or I heard about him in church, or this person at school or work told me about him. I mean, do you have a close and personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the God of heaven? I was nine when I handed my life over to God. I can't do it. I can't earn my own salvation. I can't go through this life on my own. I need God. 
I need his salvation through Jesus Christ. And I turn my life over. It's been bumpy. It's been a little rough. Before Danielle and I came here, I was pouting. You know, I was in a low, low spot. I'd been disappointed by other Christians. And I'd gotten myself in a funk about myself and the Bible and my, my faith in God. And I remember saying to Danielle, if I don't go back somewhere, if I don't get back together and get my heart right with God, spend some time with people of like faith, I may never. And so I'm sure pumped I can be up here today and share this with you. And to see all your smiling faces out there and to know that we all have a common God, a common salvation, and a common goal in regards to his kingdom and his gospel. So let's take these things with us as we go and be followers of Jesus Christ this week. And I'm not talking to you when I say that. <laughs> I'm talking to me. Because that's all I can worry about is me and making sure that I'm right. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to. And that I'm suiting up with God's armor. Trust God will bless this word to us. Thanks for your time. If any of this is unclear, or you have any questions, email Wayne. He'll straighten you out. <laughs> I'm going to pray for us, if that's all right, before we go. And uh, thanks for your time here this morning. Father, we find ourselves, as we go through this life and, and all of its troubles and trials and the things that we face, uh, that we find ourselves more and more reliant on you. We can't do it on our own. Uh, we can't face these things on our own. And so this morning, Father, we just bow and we say, please bless us. Give each of us the things that we need every day to be strong for you, to live for you, to take your gospel to the world, that we might not fail always, that we might be conquerors, not through what we do, but through Jesus Christ. Father, we're so thankful for each person that's here. We lift each one up to you. Bless them in their lives where they're at. Mm -hmm. Meet them where they're at. And so, Father, we thank you. Bless us in this week to come. Remember our team that's out traveling, the mission for you. And we just pray that you would bless them and bring, bring them back safely to us in a few weeks' time. We praise you for your goodness in our lives that we experience every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, our precious Savior. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Don't you feel yourself.